Hey guys, this is Pastor Kyle here alongside Pastor Bailey. Grateful that you guys have tuned in to our podcast. We trust that what you're about to hear will be beneficial for your day, and we're grateful that you've stopped by to hear what the Lord is doing in Milledgeville. Amen. Well, a very good Lord's Day morning to you all on this 28th day of March. Isn't that crazy? We're almost in April. The year flies by every year. It's a great opportunity to see you all this morning here at the Branch Church Milledgeville to worship alongside you. Thank you for joining us this morning. This morning we will continue our study of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 we will study and look into verses 17 through verse 40. Verses 17 through 40. The title of this message this morning is Faith Revealed. Faith Revealed. The main point I believe that we see and that we will learn in our study of verses 17 through 40 in Hebrews 11 this morning is this. Biblical faith. Now anytime I say the word faith this morning, use the word faith, Understand, outside of the one time I will clarify that it's not biblical faith, it is biblical faith. Faith as God defines it, okay? So biblical faith reveals complete trust in God to work in and through all things for your good and for his ultimate glory. It's that simple. Biblical faith, fully, completely, wholeheartedly, mind, heart, soul, your life, your all, your everything, trusting God. Trusting God with what? Your life. Your life. Everything about your life, everything in your life, everything outside of your life, everything around your life. That everything that occurs, he will cause it to occur by his providence for your good and for his glory. Last Sunday morning, Pastor Bailey faithfully heralded the word of God in leading us through looking into verses 1 through 16 of chapter 11. He taught us what faith is and is not. Where we land this morning, beginning with verse 17, It calls us to remember the last point from from Bailey's sermon. Faith is formative. Faith is formative. The Old Testament heroes listed in verses 9 through 11 and what we will see today in verses 17 through 32 greeted the results of their faith from where? Afar. This led them to living and revealing Christian ambition. Christian ambition. The ambition that shows and reveals a life, a walk in Christ that says, I renounce self. I renounce self and everything I think to do, everything I desire to do, everything I I hope to achieve in life is done not for my sake, for my glory, but for the glory and the sake of Christ alone. Do you have that ambition in your life? R.C. Sproul said this once, the whole goal of our salvation is to bring us to a place where we worship God and we honor him as God. 
The great danger is that we make ourselves the center of concern and we steal the glory of God. In this present age, in our current cultural norm, COVID-19, social justice, the political sphere, we see and we hear, in essence, we can, we will fix this. Whatever it is, we can, we will fix this. Faith, yes. Faith, faith in self. Faith in mankind. Yet, what we see here in Hebrews 11, that we will continue to see through the end of Hebrews 11 this morning, we are exiles in this world, in this present age. We don't eternally belong here. We belong here for this time, in this life, I've been given, you've been given, that we may glorify Christ and are living for him, to him. But we belong to a kingdom, an eternal kingdom. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In surrendering to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the faith given to you by the grace of God, you have been transferred, transitioned, moved from an earthly kingdom to a heavenly one. Even as you walk, live, breathe, see, and do here in this present age, in this life, in this present world, you still belong right now, in this moment, the next breath that you take to a heavenly kingdom. Stephen Lawson said, were it not for our belief in the sovereignty of God, we would be despairing. But we know he is working his perfect plan to advance his gospel and build his kingdom. You must consider your life. Consider your life. Ponder your life. What will you be remembered for? What will be remembered of you? We, we read through these heroes of faith here in Hebrews 11, and we see what their lives were remembered for. Not for anything of their own doing, but because of the faith given by God to them and their obedience to walk by faith. What will your life be remembered for? What will be said of you when God takes you from this present age? The faith revealed through your life, revealing Christ? Is life hard? Is it? Is this life difficult? Is it hard? Yes. Yes, it is. In many times, in many ways, it is hard. Oftentimes, we face extremely difficult circumstances in our life that God chooses not to remove us from, but that he chooses to lead us through, that our faith may be revealed. Times of struggle, of doubt, mental anguish, all are opportunity, opportunity to see and to cling 
more tightly to the joy that is in Christ alone. This is what we see today in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 40. Before we pray and dive into these verses in Hebrews 11, allow me to read Proverbs 22, verses 17 through, 17 through 19. Proverbs 22, 17 through 19. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you. If all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Join me in prayer. Father, once again, thank you. Thank you that by your grace we can join together and worship in you. Thank you that we do so regardless of what anyone outside of you says we should or should not do. I pray now that, Holy Spirit, that as we open this word, Jesus, your word, as we read 17 through 40 in Hebrews 11, I pray, I pray that we hear your wisdom, that we learn your wisdom, that we trust you, O oh God. Praise be to you, Jesus, in your name alone we pray, amen. Our first point this morning, faith revealed in our behavior. Faith revealed in our behavior. Verses 17 through 22, read along with me. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Here is what we see recorded from the lives of these Old Testament heroes. Faith, faith, faith which finds its all-satisfying pleasure and desire in Christ alone. All-satisfying pleasure and desire in Christ alone. What satisfies you today in this world besides Christ alone? What do you pleasure in? Listen, being married to a wonderful, beautiful wife, having healthy children, being, being a grandpa now to a healthy grandchild. Listen, I, I take pleasure in those gifts from God, but ultimately, ultimately, I can take pleasure, full pleasure in nothing and no one in this world but Christ alone. For if I do, if I do, what will be remembered of me? This is what true biblical faith is. Simply put, faith is desiring God. Faith is desiring God. More than health, more than wealth, 
more than status in society, more than even that position in ministry. Listen, you've heard it said from this pulpit before, and I will say it again. If we as your pastors desire this position of pastor, desire this position to to be able to stand here on the Lord's Day and proclaim the Word of God, if we desire a position more than we desire God, then even the beautiful, wonderful position of ministry is an idol and becomes idol worship. This is faith. Faith, biblical faith, is soul-quenching thirst, desire. John chapter 6, verse 35 Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If you don't know Christ here this morning, you will continue to be parched in this world in this present age, if you seek to be satisfied by anything or anyone in this world, surrender to Christ. Surrender to Christ. As we approach what we see in the life examples given in verses 17 through 22, take a look back with me to verses 14 and 16. Verse 14, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Verse 16, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Verse 14, seek, seeking. Verse 16, desire. See, faith begins inside, not outside. As you walk by faith, you will determine that which you will seek and that which you will desire before you seek and desire to achieve, to fulfill, to obtain. Living by faith will translate to doing things that do not mesh with this world. Living by faith will translate to doing things that this world would call crazy. It will be a year this coming week that we moved here to this city. Time flies. Listen, I heard it. I heard it, I heard it, I heard it time and again. You are nuts. You're nuts for leaving that city for that city. Can I tell you? Assured in the faith I have in Christ, it wasn't nuts, it wasn't a mistake. And by God's glory, we have got to know you, to love you, to walk alongside you for one year. And I pray that it be 10, 20, 30, 40 for me, maybe more, all right? But faith Consider Noah's ark. Noah, go build an ark in in the desert. 
building a crib at 90 years old for Abraham and Sarah, holding a knife over your only son, Abraham and Isaac. We see the full account of Abraham and Isaac. If you want to remind yourself in Genesis 22, verses 1 through 18, Abraham didn't question God. He trusted fully that God had a plan, had conveyed the promise of offspring to him. That your offspring would outnumber the grains of sand, the stars in the sky, that, that your offspring would be so bountiful that it can't be numbered. He trusted in the promise of God and that God would execute his plan, his plan for Abraham's good, for Sarah's good, for Isaac's good, and for the glory of God alone. Remember, Abraham had another son, though, didn't he? Ishmael, born of Hagar, in Genesis 16, 1 through 16. Yet when verse 17 says his only son, what is being said? It's this, Isaac was the only son born according to the promise of God and was thereby the only heir of that promise. Abraham so believed the unconditional promise of God, so believed the unconditional promise of God that he expressed faith that God would raise Isaac even from the dead if he must. Romans chapter 4 verses 16 through 24. Listen to how Paul describes the faith of Abraham. This is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, Verse 24, but for ours also, for yours also, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. Do you fully trust the promises of God? Do you fully trust the promises of God? Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 20, I am with you always. Do you believe that? That's a promise. Do you believe that he is with you always? If your answer is yes, then how does your 
life reflect such faith? Will you desire God more? Will you trust God in fulfilling what he desires such that he is proclaimed as the all-supreme one? Can you live a life of faith? Can you live that life which reveals the true desire of God, thereby trusting in his promises and plan for your life? Joseph, he spent all his adult life in Egypt. Even though he was a fourth-generation heir to the promise given to Abraham, he never returned to Canaan while alive. Facing death, he still had faith that God would fulfill his promise. And his brothers, as he told them, deliver my bones to the land of Canaan. A hymn written called, He's Able, He's Able. He's able, he's able, I know he's able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. He healed the brokenhearted and set the captive free. He made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. He's able, he's able, I know he's able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. Our second point this morning, the assurance and sight of faith. The assurance and sight of faith. We will see in verses 23 through 28. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is what each of these listed in verses 17 through 32 does. Their lives reveal assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen, and they are found in trusting the promises of God. We see four acts of faith in verses 23 through 28, which cover a period of 80 years, from Moses' birth, Moses, the birth of Moses to the time he led the people out of Egypt. Each act of faith we read about in these verses is performed under extreme stress, Extreme pressure, life, physical life, and death are at stake. See what true faith provides. Hebrews 11, verses 23 through 28. Read along with me. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful, meaning had favor with God. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Verse 23, the edict of the king, kill all the sons. Kill them all. This is a twofold threat 
First, to the babies, obviously. Second, to the parents. To those parents who would seek to save those baby boys. Moses' parents were not afraid for themselves, but they were certainly afraid of what could happen to their baby boy. The risking of their lives was done by faith. For three months, Moses was alive before being placed in that basket in the river. For those of you who have been graced to have a newborn baby, Bailey and Abby can well attest to you over these first two months, good luck trying to keep that baby quiet. Listen, see the faith that his parents had here. For three months, Moses was alive before they put him in that basket into that river. All it would take is one scream by Moses, one crying out, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Change my diaper, whatever it be. And one of the king's appointees walking by in that given moment would have taken Moses killed him and would have killed his parents. Biblical faith will lead you to do some absolutely insane things. They did this for the assurance of things hoped for. Listen, this was not some cavalier faith shown by the parents. Just as, de- just as Jesus did not leap toss himself from the top of that temple when he was being tested by Satan. In our acts of faith, we are not to test God, but to prove he is greater, prove that he is the only faithful one. To walk in godly wisdom. Godly wisdom told the parents of Moses, it's not right. They knew the law, thou shalt not murder They knew it was not right, so they walked in godly wisdom to protect their baby boy and to eventually give him away. Look at verses 27 and 28. Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 are in view here. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 15, we read that Moses fled to Midian. In Exodus 2.14, we read the words, he was afraid. But wait a second. In in verse 27 here in Hebrews 11, we read, not being afraid of the anger of the king. How how do we reconcile that? That Moses was afraid in Exodus 2, yet Hebrews 11 is, is acclaiming Moses for his lack of fear and his trust in God. The key word in verse 27 is endured. He endured. That word is used nowhere else in the New Testament. I looked it up a couple of times just to confirm. That word in verse 27, endured, is used nowhere else in the New Testament. Now look at verses 24 through 26. We see the answer to how Moses endured. Verse 25, 
choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth. What did Moses do? Verse 25, choosing rather. Verse 26, considering. Listen, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. The plan for your life has been laid out from eternity past. Yet, we have the choice, don't we, to obey or to disobey. To trust in Christ or not to trust in Christ in that moment. Moses, choosing rather. Moses, considering. Listen, every day, every moment in your life, choose rather. Rather than choosing the comforts of this world, rather than choosing the things of this world that you think can bring you pleasure, that you think can make you happy, that you think can give you lasting joy, choose rather Christ. Consider every day, every moment of your life, be considering, be considering the choices you will make in your life, the road you will travel in your life, consider Christ. Moses didn't run in Exodus 2.15 as told again here in Hebrews 11.27. He didn't run to selfishly save his own life. Bridges are burned in our heart between Christ and sin. Faith in Christ demands that bridges to sin be burned. That bridge to sin in your life is not to remain so that you can traverse across it every day. A little bit of Christ here, a little bit of sin there. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. You have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You are his bond servant. Live as such. Seek. Seek as such. Desire as such. Moses could have defended himself before Pharaoh. Moses had risen in power in Egypt under Pharaoh's hand. He could have gone to Pharaoh and defended himself. I, I, I didn't mean to kill that Egyptian. I didn't mean to do it. He looked to the reward of God's promises. Then in verse 27, seeing, Moses had sight to see, sight to see the unseen God with eyes of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing uh, for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison 
as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Burn the bridges to sin and fear for the greater pleasure and worth found in Christ alone. Hebrews 11, 29 through 38. Faith revealed in strength and weakness. Faith revealed in strength and weakness. Read along with me. By faith. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight, to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Pause. Sometimes when we read the word of God, and we're just reading, not studying, but, but reading, just, just opening the word of God, looking at the word of God and reading through the word of God. There are tra transitions throughout each chapter, each, pas each passage, beginning in verse 36, is a big transition in this chapter. And it is written for your encouragement it is given for our encouragement to live by faith, regardless of the circumstance. Regardless of the circumstance of our life, faith requires action. Action that is obedient to Christ. Verse 36, others suffered. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. We are given this closing to Hebrews 11 in this chapter known as the Faith Hall of Fame given this closing to teach us that by faith, 
We read it again and again and again in this chapter, don't we? By faith, by faith, by faith, they acted. By faith, they obeyed. By faith, they trusted. By faith, they followed the hope that they had in God alone. By faith doesn't make faith the deciding factor in a successful outcome. Who parted the Red Sea? God. Who made the walls surrounding Jericho tumble into ruin? God. Who protected Rahab? God. Did the people in each instance obey God? Yes. 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 In each instance, they obeyed God. The Israelites who were, who were following to cross that Red Sea, they had fear at first. But when given a word from God, they trusted God and they crossed on dry land. The deciding, determining, sovereign factor in our faith is the object, the person in whom our faith is found, God alone. Look at verses 29 through 34. Verse 34 tells us these who walked by faith were not killed. We also also see they were made strong out of weakness. This is the providence of God in rescuing his people from suffering. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If so, you will face trouble. You will face persecution in this world, in this present age. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 15, verses 18 through 21. If the world hates you, Know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. It is also the providence of God and not rescuing his people from suffering and thereby welcoming them into his presence and glory through the suffering. See now verses 35 through 38. In verse 35, we see the word resurrection. Just to clarify something, that's not being resurrected from the dead. That word is translated resuscitation. That's being dead-like and being breathed into life again. In verse 37, we read, they were killed. It is a gift to the world and to the church when by his providence God delivers his people through the suffering instead of delivering them from it. A gift to the world. How? See, look, look, see my church. See my son, my daughter. See them suffering and know. Know and believe Jesus. A gift to the church. Oh, what suffering in the church is a gift to us. See and know that Christ reigns. 
Isaiah in chapter 6 proclaimed it. Who sits on the throne? God. Jesus Christ, the all-authoritative one, the sovereign one over all of his creation, he reigns. And he will forevermore. Matthew 28, verse 20 is real. It is true. Every instance of suffering in the church, every martyr who has been martyred, every instance of suffering across this globe right now on this Lord's Day morning, people who are being persecuted for simply trying to gather, as Christ has commanded, to worship their Lord and Savior. People who are being told, no, don't do that, yet decide to do it regardless of what will occur to them. Matthew 28, 20 is real. It is true. Christ is always with them. He is with you. Follow Christ by faith. The prophet Zechariah was stoned to death. According to historical tradition, the prophet Isaiah was sawn in two. Uriah, the prophet, was killed with a sword. What we read in these verses could also reference the mass execution of God's people. Several such incidents occurred during the time of the Maccabees in the 400 years between the Old and New Testaments. Romans 11, verses 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments! How inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. We see it in Hebrews 11 right here. It's not about the heroes of faith. Yes, we should see their examples. We should seek to live as faithful as they lived. But, but look, look at verse 32. The author of Hebrews makes it clear it's not about them because he plainly states he could have gone on. He could have told more about more heroes of faith. But it is about Christ. As we close here, read with me verses 39 and 40. And all these though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. They had faith in the promises of God, faith that the ultimate fulfillment of the eternal promises of God and the covenant promised by God that God would fulfill his promises. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having not acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. The author of Hebrews gives us these examples of faith to encourage us to live by faith, to abide in Jesus Christ. The focus here is upon Jesus. Take a glimpse quickly down to Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Did Jesus 
have faith? When Jesus walked this earth in human flesh, did he have faith? Yes, he did. Luke 22, verses 41 through 44, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed on that Mount of Olives, saying, Father, if you are willing to remove, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He felt temptation. He shed tears. He knew physical pain. He grieved. Jesus had always known this in his omniscience, yet he did tangibly feel this as man. He is, as such, a fully sympathetic, fully qualified, fully perfected high priest. Hebrews 12, verses 3 and 4. Consider him. Consider him. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. It must be a struggle. Do not give in time and a time and time again to your sin. Struggle. Fight war against it. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Faith. Faith revealed. Will the faith you proclaim to have in Christ alone be revealed as that? Seek and consider. Let's pray. Father, Sovereign One, Your grace it is by which we have been saved. Your grace it is that we were given faith to believe unto Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, that the Branch Church Milledgeville, oh, that we would be a people, that we would be a people where the city of Milledgeville looks at us and says, they are crazy. Who are they? What are they doing? That we may proclaim you. That we may reveal the life that is you, the joy that is you, the eternal hope that is you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.